This is the Front Page Podcast from the Red and Black. I'm Midori Jenkins. In this episode, we report on the Athens Restaurant Revolving Door. In recent months, it seems as though restaurants in the city have been opening and closing more than ever. Stay tuned for an interview with Jessica Rothacker, owner of Heirloom Cafe, a quick list of opening and closings, and a restaurant review. Support for this podcast is provided by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership. For more information, visit grady.uga.edu slash coxinstitute. Now we bring you a condensed list of Athens restaurants, openings, and closings. Maple announced on Instagram that they will open a second location on Epps Bridge Parkway. Cafe Racer Donuts and Coffee will also be opening a second location in Athens that is now under construction. Athens restaurants who have recently closed includes Nesda's Waffles, a food truck turned storefront. Owner Joe Nesda, however, is opening a new restaurant, Smiley's, in the old storefront location. The restaurant is derived from the pop-up restaurant of the same name and is slated to open in December. Chain restaurant Scoville's Hot Chicken, which was located on Broad, has also recently closed, unsurprisingly, as they opened in a location that seems hard for anyone to keep in business. The Grit, a hometown restaurant known for its vegetarian and vegan dishes, closed its doors in October, and Heirloom Cafe, another Athens staple, will complete its last service December 18th. Hello, everyone. We are here in Heirloom Cafe with Jessica Rothacker, one of the owners of this Athens staple. Uh, Jessica, welcome to the Front Page Podcast, and thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us. Um, In visiting your website, I absolutely loved the quote, there's a story and a face behind the food that we serve you. We are here to tell that story. And that is what I'm here to talk about (laughs) with you today. Um, So thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here, and I appreciate you being interested in talking with us. So so I'd like to start by asking you about what inspired you to open Heirloom Cafe with your father. Well, I... um, I always knew that I wanted to be in business for myself, to, to be an entrepreneur, if you will, which I, I, I don't know, that word is so loaded, but I wanted to own a business. And um, I went through different phases of my life where I wanted different things, but ultimately um, I decided I really loved cooking and food and bringing people together through food. I worked at a variety of restaurants that... Um, embodied that and also had different things to offer that I felt were really special and I tried to take some of those things from each place and build this place around it. So, That's yeah. amazing. Um, in a brief and you know holistic review, what has your journey with Erwin been like? Oh well, um, we started in 2011. I had never owned a business before. I really knew that much about business. My dad, Travis Birch, he was um, kind enough to be willing to partner with me and encourage me along the way. He had um, a pretty strong family business background, had been in business with my grandfather and his brother for many years. Um, it was a, like a medium-sized business that sold construction equipment and did rentals and service and stuff like that. So he was, he was pretty versed in the way a family business would work, but he'd never run a restaurant and um, so we had a pretty strong learning curve. Um, We built out this space starting in March of 2011 and finished up around June and um, then got into business 
I guess. <laughs> and um, so we were pretty small starting off. Um, we were really off the beaten path. We had decided on the space because of the medical school opening and the old Navy school, and that was just starting to happen back then. And so it took a little bit longer for this neighborhood to be more populated and more noticed than we thought that it would be. Um, but eventually we did get there. And so things were a slow start. We um, had a lot of farmers that we were buying directly from, and that's a lot of phone calls and a lot of spreadsheets and a lot of lists to pay attention to. So that was really complicated. We originally had um, a menu that changed basically every day, and that also was very complicated. We've streamlined that down quite a bit. We've gone through several chefs, several front of the house managers and general managers, a whole lot of servers and cooks. Um, but it's been almost 12 years, and that's to be expected in a college town. Um, we have had people that were with us for about 10 or 11 years altogether. Um, our chef now, Greg Zock, he started with us in, I actually can't remember what year. Like, it feels like he's always been here. I know it wasn't the first year that we were open, but he came to work with us as a dishwasher and worked his way up into the line cook and then became sous chef and he became the chef and he did a graduate he finished undergraduate and did a graduate a master's degree in the middle of all of that and he's gone on a couple of sabbaticals um doing the food for a geology like cross-country trip that uga does every year so he um that's just like an example of a trajectory of someone who worked here so we had a lot of longevity on our staff um for a restaurant and kind of a transient college town but we've also had a lot of people that come in and out for short periods just based on what they are able to offer with their school schedule and things like that um, we now are um, sourcing from a smaller number of people but still sourcing with local farmers um, we work a lot with collective harvest which is a um, group of farmers, a collective, if you will, of farmers. It's I think there's seven of them now. And they sell wholesale as well as coming together to do CSA pickups, and they have a shop over on Baxter now. So um, that has really streamlined a lot of what we do, and we still buy from a few other farms just individually, but that's made a huge difference in what we're able to do with the produce coming from local farmers and just the organizational aspect of buying local. So... Um, we also work with Woodland Gardens and Ladybird Farm. We um, source our beef and pork from Comfort Farms out of Milledgeville, which is a whole other story that's really cool, but we'll get into that later. And um, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the gist of what we do now. So. Definitely has been a long <laughs> journey um, over the past 12 years, yeah. right? So I know it, we just mentioned how long it's been, but what has been your favorite experience owning and working at Heirloom, or do you have any you know, key or special memories that you'd be willing to share? I'm never good at coming up with these like specific memory type things, but um, I would say that the people who have come through this place, both community-wise and guests and our staff, have been the best thing about having heirloom is just getting to know people and be a real part of their lives and see families where like the baby the the mother was pregnant then the baby was born and then they've grown up and now they're like 10 years old and they still are coming here 
Um, it just seems really crazy to me <laughs> to, to be able to watch that. And so uh, experiencing just being a part of people's lives has been really wonderful. Definitely. And I know you talked about how you used to have rotating menus mm-hmm. every day. So yeah. what was that experience like kind of curating different things for so that was very chaotic and (laughs) we had a lot of food waste because we would have to change the menu because we wouldn't have enough of one thing left over but then then we wouldn't really be able to sell the last of it 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 was kind of a nightmare um the person that was our chef at the time his name was Chris Roundtree he started out with us and he tried his darndest to do it well um but it was just kind of an impossible task that we set up for him and trying to keep food cost at a reasonable place and um, buy local and um, just make so many changes all the time. It also was really hard for training purposes to keep our cooks trained, to keep consistency, to have dishes that people would keep coming back for. Like, It's just not super reasonable for a casual place like we are to do that. <laughs> like, If it's like a very high-end fine dining tasting mm-hmm. menu style place, that's a totally different story, you know? That's not what we are. Um, so we gradually went to like changing once a week and then eventually once a month and now we do it quarterly. So it's, um, we have a fall, winter, spring and summer menu and there's some changes that happen throughout just based on availability of things but pretty standard throughout those times. And we do have a veggie plate that we call the garden box and that changes every couple of days just as we run through things but we try not to leave too much of one thing (laughs) left over like we did at the beginning and um our brunch menu has items on it that change every week as well so awesome with the upcoming closure can guests expect any changes or menu specialties we're gonna keep the menu pretty much as it is and as it has been since september we we made a change then and we'll run some specials here and there just trying to move through some stuff that we need to move through so that we don't have a lot of leftovers at the end but a lot of that will be on say like the love on a biscuit for brunch or there may be specials here and there for dinner or lunch but um the menu itself will be pretty standard all the way through to the end I would say in that last week I can't really say for sure like how exact it will be based on what it is currently but we're gonna try to keep it going well um we are having some lighter hours for Thanksgiving week other than that, we plan to be open our normal hours all the way until December 18th when we close. As of now. <laughs> I'm not saying that won't change. But. And uh, one of the biggest staples has been the, the second Tuesday wine dinners. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did that come about? And can you describe what the atmosphere and dining experience is like? Yeah, so that's shifted a lot over the years as well. Um, we started second Tuesday tastings as they were originally, they were just a wine tasting um, pretty soon after we opened and we were partnered with Five Points Bottle Shop for a long time trying to kind of cross market ourselves with their um, their customer base and that was very successful for a really long time but it was it was always five wines but I want to say it was just three tastes or it might have been even like more family style things. I honestly can't remember what the food was like at the very beginning of wine tastings, but, and that, those were pretty small. I mean, we started out with just kind of the same 30 people over and over, and then sometimes it would be more like 20, um, and it took a long time for them to catch on, but once they did, they were really popular. Um, When the group behind Five Points Bottle Shop opened, 
the pine and the root, they stopped partnering with us because they wanted to do their own set of things, which totally makes sense. It's like it's their in-house thing. And at that time, we switched to working with Jay's Bottle Shop. And um, Alejandro, um, who was their wine guy at the time and still does the wine school that they offer there, he picked out a lot of the wines for a long time there. But then um, when the pandemic started, we kind of pivoted. We Obviously, we stopped doing them for a while because we weren't doing anything for a while. And then when we started again, we decided to try to do it on Tuesday nights, but we weren't open for dinner on Tuesday night anymore. Um, so we did it as a full dinner service instead of trying to do these snacks and then people ordering dinner afterwards. Um, and we started doing them all outdoors and we haven't come back indoors for those since then. So that was in, I want to say the beginning of 2021 when we started back with the dinners and they've been really great. We've literally sold out every single one of them. And usually within the first couple of hours of like tickets being available and we had to start like having a date that tickets went on sale and um, and then people could call after that because otherwise they would just fill up at that wine dinner for the next one and we wanted other people to have a chance to come to it so that's been really fun we've had a lot of really good themes and I've gotten to play around with a lot of ingredients we've had somewhere um other people have gotten to, to work on it in the kitchen, but it's kind of been my baby. I don't get to be in the kitchen as much as I'd like to, and this, that's my time to really play and have fun. So, yeah. That's awesome to hear. Can you also talk a little bit about the Thanksgiving and Christmas holiday markets? Yeah, so the Thanksgiving market is actually Athens Farmer's Market. It's just being housed here at Heirloom during lunch on Wednesday the 23rd from 11 to 2. And so it's a lot of the same vendors that you would see at the Creature Comforts Wednesday market. It's just earlier in the day so that people can come with their families, have some lunch, grab up all of the produce and meats and stuff that they might need for the next day and then still have time to cook in the afternoon so they're not trying to scramble on Thanksgiving morning. Um, so that's we've done that, I think, five years now, maybe even longer. We've done that a lot of years now since um, Jan was in charge of the market and then through Sarah's tenure as the market manager and now Abigail is doing it. And, and so this is our second one with Abigail, I think. Um, but yeah, so they will just come and they'll have their stuff and I will wave at them and buy <laughs> produce. <laughs> so that's that one. The holiday market, um, the heirloom holiday market is going to be December 3rd and 4th, and it's generally like a local artisan's market, although there's some other things that you might not consider art per se that are, are there. Um, we have different vendors on each day, and um, one vendor that will be there both days, it's Salvage Sparrow. She does tent-type portraits, and she has to have appointments, so it's harder for her to like just like sell out of a booth. So she sets up appointments, and she'll be here both days taking appointments for people to sit for the portraits. I've done it like five times. It's really fun. <laughs> and then we have things like jewelers and ceramicists and um, a lot of different textile artists and soaps and books and paintings, basically <laughs> anything that you would want to give someone for a Christmas gift besides like a video game or like a sweater or something, <laughs> you know, any kind of creative gift. We will have that. I'm very excited about that. And this is my last question for you. Do okay. you have a favorite dish to prepare or an heirloom must try? Oh, goodness. There are so many. Um, I think that what, what is standard on our menu right now that I know will be here for you through the end 
um, are we love soup here so much <laughs> and so we have two soups that are available we have a chicken mull which is a dish that is claimed by people in Athens as its own dish although you can kind of find it around northeast Georgia and then into the western Carolinas and eastern Tennessee area but it's basically a hearty chicken stew that's thickened with buttermilk and saltine crumbs um, it's often found ground with ground chicken in it but we use pulled chicken um that we use to make the stock and then we pull it apart and it all goes in together and we put some of our house hot sauce in it and then we serve it up with our house made saltines it's really yummy and hearty we also have a candy roaster squash soup on right now that is it's a little bit of curry and some coconut milk base it's vegan and it's just super delicious and very autumnal so i like soup greg likes soup we all like soup. <laughs> Come eat soup. Also, we eat all sorts of other things. But um, I guess on the dinner menu, we have a really fun dish from our sous chef, Jason Lloyd. It's a, um, a pecan-crusted pork milanese with some collard greens and some sweet potatoes and a, like a cranberry pepper compote that it's just a totally different thing that I've never seen before. And it's really hearty and delicious. Um, again, very autumnal. I like autumn autumnal foods um and then i mean brunch i really like the pulled pork hash with the smoked tomato hollandaise lunch our catfish po'boy is really fun it's um got horseradish slaw and fried catfish and swiss cheese and it's just lovely (laughs) so those are some things i like (laughs) the burger is always good but i don't want people to just come and eat the burger there's lots of other good things all those sound very delicious, <laughs> um, and I will definitely have to come and try the soup because you really sold me I on really the soup. I really sold you on the soup, yep. Yes. Um, but thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, and yeah. it's really been great. Uh, well, thank you for having me and for asking such good questions. <laughs> Hello everyone, my name is Jim Bass and I'm the assistant podcast editor here at The Red and Black and I'll be going to Panko Chicken to give a review on their newest location here in Athens. Uh, Panko Chicken is a Georgia-based chain that has expanded to Athens over the recent months and set up shop here on Baxter Street. This edition comes after several other Atlanta and Southeastern-based restaurants moved into the city for expansion this year, including Panko, Gusto, Slutty Vegan, and Sucheros, just to name a few. This comes as many local restaurants close their doors here in Athens and shows a rapid change in the local food landscape just in the past year. And I'll be going to Panko Chicken to see how they've settled into the new location and grab some food along the way. All right, here I am outside of Panko Chicken currently. Um, there's currently a uh, now open banner right under the, under the sign. Um, it's a little chilly tonight. It's about about seven or eight, seven thirty ish. Um, so I can't imagine there's gonna be too many people here, but um, I don't know. Hopefully we'll uh, we'll see what's up. We'll get some good food. I'm excited. It does look pretty empty, but um, there's music playing on the outside. Um, but there are a few people here. I mean, it is like I said, it's about seven thirty, so it's almost past people's dinner time. I I am here a little late. But uh, it looks really nice. So I've just ordered. Um, it was really nice in there. It's very modern. Uh, lots of uh, lots of cool cool quotes in there. 
Uh, you actually order on a touchpad. I was expecting to record the ordering process, but I didn't even have to. It was very, uh, it was very modern, modern take here. Um, cool little modern designs. Uh, Eat, Eats Meets West is on the wall. Uh, there's two TVs on, one showing. It looks like an awards ceremony from back in the day. Um, I think it might be ESPN. Um, and there's another. There's a kids show on the other TV. It's a very nice place, though. Um, there's Christmas lights hanging around. It is almost Christmas time. Um, it looks great. All right, I've sat down um, on this lovely wooden table. It's very the architecture here. I really love. It's very modern. Um, very cool. Um, so I've sat down. They've put my sandwich in a bowl, which is really interesting to me. But it's very cool. Um, I ended up just getting a sandwich. Um, so yeah, let's try it. Um, uh, just a preface: I I'm not a big uh, food reviewer. I like most food, um, so I already know I'm going to enjoy this probably. Um, so don't expect too much like criticisms from me. But um, but yeah, overall, I, I can criticize the decor. I think it's great. I think it's I think it, it seems really nice. Um, there's all kinds of uh, quotes and stuff praising the chicken. Uh, there's a five-star review on the wall that says, literally the best chicken on the entire planet. So let's see if that's true. I have not been around the entire planet. I can say the chicken is really good. Um, so I got a chicken sandwich, and there's two chicken strips on the sandwich, which makes up the sandwich. There's also some coleslaw and some ma mayo. I think it tastes great. Um, no criticism so far. I guess I'll continue eating. But yeah, this is great so far. It's pretty good, guys. I'm enjoying it right now. I like the idea of the bowl because the crumbs keep falling off into the bowl, and I can just eat the crumbs because it's a very crispy chicken sandwich. Um, their chicken strips are really good, too. Um, they're not like the usual conventional chicken strips you'd see, like, say, from a fast food restaurant, but, you know, they taste pretty good. They're very, um, they feel fresh. They feel very fresh. Um, so I'll give them praise there as well. Also, this place, uh, just to mention, this place is very spacious. There's a lot of space in here. Like, that's something I've noticed. Um, I also wanted to consider going on the patio, um, but unfortunately it's a little late, so I think they closed it before already. But there's also a nice patio in the back, which is, um, which is very nice for, you know, people coming by. Um, this place, is, this place seems really nice. Uh, I just put this here? Uh, thank you so much. Thank y'all. That was very nice. I've just walked out of the establishment. Um, coincidentally, right across the street from the red and black office, which is very nice for me uh, as I'm heading there now. But um, a great experience. I think that was a, that was a great meal. Um, chicken itself, delicious. I would say I would like a little bit more slaw on there. Coleslaw is uh, one of my favorites when it comes on the chicken. But overall, really, I said really good. Um, unfortunately, I did not get to go on the patio to sit down, so I had to eat inside. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I can see this place staying around. Um, I, I will say, as with most of the Atlanta chains coming around um, into town, um, they, they are a bit more on the pricier side when it comes to um, getting food. Um, but that's just coming from me, who currently is a college student.
um, trying to like you know pay money for groceries and gas so I don't know I guess most people probably won't be complaining about that as much but um, it, was, it was okay I mean I got the sandwich for eight eight dollars um, and I feel I feel pretty full as well I thought I thought it was a great meal um, so yeah uh, I hope you guys enjoyed hearing this this has been the front page the front page is a production of the red and black publishing company you can find the stories discussed in this episode in the paper edition or on redandblack.com. Make sure to download our app and keep up with us on social media. Don't forget to check out our other weekly podcasts, Between the Headphones, a Georgia football podcast, and our health podcast, The Athens Frontline. We hope to see you next week.